And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. I'm so glad you're here. Can you help me with some problems? I need some Um, support. Do you have 99 of them or less? Can I lay on your couch and have one of those therapy sessions again? I miss those days. (laughs) For those of you listening, that probably sounded a little weird. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to, I want to clarify on that one. Matt, I used to have an office couch and Matt would often just come in and plop down on it. I could hear him land and I'd be like, wow, okay, so what do you want to talk about? You know what I want to talk about, Matt? I want to talk about user support in your software platform. Um, we're, That's it's what time I want to talk about. 30. I need support. Oh, yeah. I was thinking more of like a bra. <laughs> it's a different kind of support. I mean, I don't know. That's a, <laughs> so we're back for part 37 to 52 episodes of our How to Start a Tech Company. Now, look, this is today's topic is one of those things that Quite honestly, you might consider skipping, but don't. Uh, this this is this is important stuff, and you know things that are you know Matt, you like the boring things in business, right? If they're profitable and make money, I do. But they need to be profitable and make money, and in order to do that, you have to be able to support what you do. If otherwise, you're going to wreck your brand, you're going to wreck your your client list, you're going to wreck a lot of stuff. Well, some of these kinds of things are what people would call the dial tone or table stakes of stuff, right? It's like, they're just things that you have to do. They're not fun. They're not exciting, but your, your software has to have documentation. You have to have help. You have to have guides on how to use it. You, it's just things you have to do to be in business, but they're not fun and exciting. I have a question. What's a See, dial tone? Ah, that's a good point. I said, what's a dial tone? And you picked answer C. All right, we're going to move on. And, you know, what? something that is relevant, unlike Matt's answer to my to my question of what is a dial tone, is knowing that today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Chatdesk. Does your business receive a high volume of phone calls? Well, you can deflect over 10% of your phone calls to Facebook Messenger and save up to 80% of your support costs. And just for Startup Hustle listeners, Chatdesk is offering their call deflection service for free throughout the holiday season. Learn Learn more at chatdesk.com forward slash shift. And Matt will say that three times fast at some point during the episode, or you can click the link in the show notes, which is so much easier. You know, Matt, it's by the time this comes out, the episode of me with the chat desk CEO um, will not have been published, but I just continue to be impressed with what they do because they offer scalable solutions for what we're talking about, which is supporting your digital platform amongst other things that they're not limited to that, but that's, they're really made for that. And well, I, you know, Matt, when you think, when you think about user support and supporting your software platform, you have a lot of experience with that. I mean, what, what, where do we start? 
Well, I mean, to, to follow up what you just said real fast, by the way, I, I made a phone call the other day and it came up on my phone and asked me if I wanted to chat with somebody instead. And, um, man, my wife would be the happiest person in the world if that worked for every single person she called and she could chat with them. Mine too. Them. <laughs> so Mine too. I'm a huge fan of that. And if uh, chat desk is making them happen, uh, making that happen, I, I love chat desk. So that, that is, uh, the world's like, that's like the best thing since sliced bread, I think. But there, there's a lot of kinds of, of support. You're right. And a lot of it depends on the type of product you have to sell, right? Like that's the answer to everything with, with uh, starting a tech company is the answer is it always depends. Okay. That, that's a definite maybe. And, you know, so I, I think when we start with like what is user support and we're going to, we'll just say tech support. Tech support could be for hardware, it could be for software, it could be for like a gazillion different things. Um, one thing that I think that you're certainly, you need to set yourself up to notice or, or watch out for is the Evervescent Echo that you love hearing about from me. And that Echo is going to immediately begin telling you what's wrong with your product. So in the regards of like for tech support, that might be hard. You could be a hardware manufacturer, a software publisher, maybe a help desk. You could even be like a school or institution trying to help people get into an e-learning platform. The, the thing to remember is, is if people can't get in to whatever you built or whatever you sell or anything, the level of frustration is going to rise very quickly and your value proposition goes into the shitter. Well, and, and depending on the type of product that you're, that you sell, almost every customer is going to need help. Right. And so there's got to be an effective way for them to get the help. And for a lot of companies, their SLAs, their, their service uh, level, you know, objectives for responding to customer service is one way that they, they stand apart from their competition. I mentioned this before about StackFi in the past, you know, a large percentage of our customers would go to install our software and they'd, they'd end up having a question. It's no big deal. We can, we can help them. Um, but if, but odds are while they email us and they're, and then they're stuck, they might be installing one of our competitor software because they're just trying to figure out how to solve their problem. Right. And so if we don't answer them very quickly, they're either going to stop waiting for us or they're just going to go find a competitor. And the speed of support and ease of support is a really huge thing. And it's, it's kind of one of those hidden, hidden things there that can be really a differentiator and help you with conversion, helping people get installed, getting to that aha moment where they figure out that your product is something that they should spend money on. And, and overall, support is the intent is to help people use something more effectively. And that's the key is effective use of whatever it is. And if people get to the, it's maybe a whole nother discussion of why are people even at your tech support anything, Yeah, you know, like why is it broken? Where are they having an issue? Where are they having a problem? But that's where an effective leader and a CEO and a founder, like I said, is going to listen for the echoes and really hear, okay, this is where people are having problems, but maybe even backtrack it a little bit. So, you know, we've talked about Gigabook a lot in the past and how, when we build a smart onboarding program, our, our user support, uh, inquiries went down 90% the day we launched it. And, uh, that was because we listened for the echo and we knew people were, it was a complex, it was highly customizable, which meant there was a bunch of bells, switches and levers. So we made it easier for people to do that, which then reduced our need 
to need so much user support, but that meant that the support that made it through the breakthrough instances were even that more important to pay attention to. Um, you know, another thing that in kind of a shift of a change of lane here is, you know, when I talked to the chat desk CEO and not trying to give a spoiler alert here, he brought up something that I don't think I've ever really, I, I've never really highlighted or thought about. He said, effective support should also create a, a sales channel of sorts, meaning sure. you're, you're asking, you know, and like, think about that. And I was like, wow, you know, you, that is a very, very legit point. So first off, that maybe they need to buy an add-on. Maybe you don't have something that they need and you will later. So being able to effectively notify them. Uh, Case in point, uh, the the instance or the opportunity shouldn't die at your user support. Well, and you're absolutely right. A lot of times customers have a problem and the solution to their problem may be selling them another product that you have or professional services or consulting or a lot of different things, right? Um, you just, you just never know. Like I know back in the Venn solutions days, um, at my previous company, we sold on-site training, right? So if, if people are calling and saying their salespeople, you know, they're not using the product, you know, no problem. We'll come out for $3,000 a day. We'll be right there. Right. Um, and it was a perfect opportunity to sell training. And people would pay yeah, for and that's, it. And that's using it, that's using it as a sales channel. Yeah. And, and, and creating, that's like a win, that's a win-win. Yeah. And that's a good thing. So, you know, another thing, I don't want to get too far into this before I, I bring this up. I think the key with user support is, is timeliness. Um, if someone's reaching out and wants support, they have a problem with whatever it is you sold them or you're trying to sell them. The longer you wait, like you, you alluded to this earlier, like, just assume that they're downloading or ordering your competitors anything. And, um, you know, one of the things that that is just fact is that companies that reply quickly uh, have a higher retention and yeah. close rate. Just yep. meaning like, so, and this doesn't mean you have to tender the solution. It's about saying, hey, I'm here. I hear you. And, and repeat after me, listeners, I'm not the right person to answer that. I know who is. I'm going to go ask and I'll get right back with you. It, it's all about that's how you um, that's how you field a question that you don't have the answer to and rather than just waiting eight hours or four hours till that person you need to talk to gives you the answer let be communicative there's touch points you know it's kind of like playing volleyball you don't want the ball to hit the ground people are just trying to solve problems right they have a problem they're trying to solve a right. problem and they they quickly want to figure out if you can help them or not and if they get stuck then they're very quickly you're not going to solve their problem so you got to yeah, figure I, out how to I, unstick I agree. them. I agree. So Matt, let's speak from experience here. Cause you know, one of the things that I at Stackify and, and so Matt, Matt's uh, company Stackify was acquired earlier this year. Congratulations. But you know, I, I had the honor and privilege uh, and on some days misery of working in the same office with you, Matt, but I got to watch, uh, so much of what you you guys did at Stackify and learned from it. And you guys, uh, as the platform grew, I really saw you utilize and build a very effective support unit that encompassed people all around the world. And part of part of what I thought was great was that, you know, Matt and I own Fullscale. Go to fullscale.io to learn more about how we help, help teams, help companies build effective software teams. But um, one of the things you said to me that has just I, I, has always stuck out is you built an opposing 
schedule tech team. So your US team didn't have to come in and immediately deal with 30 support tickets every morning. And, and you felt that that immediately changed the vibe. Well, and you bring up a great point. So anybody who has a product that they're selling to internationally, right? I mean, that's a big part of it is you're getting people that have customer issues, product issues, whatever it is during off hours. Um, first and foremost, you hate to interrupt your, you know, US-based staff at, you know, 10 p.m. or 3 in the morning to deal with those kinds of issues. But, you know, if you've got customers in in Asia that are, that are having problems and maybe they're simple questions like, how do I do this in the product? If you, if you have somebody that works their time zone that can deal with those issues, uh, that's a huge benefit, right? Otherwise, they've got several hours before they get a response. You respond to them and then, then they're probably sleeping while you respond. So it's like they're waiting a day or two before they get their questions answered. So yeah, at some point in time, if you've got an international business, um, going, going working 24 hours a day becomes important. And that was important for us at Stackify because we had over a thousand customers and half of them were international. We had customers all over the world. So I, I remember your epiphany moment when you know when you you said, "Man, you know we have users in it was like seventy different countries." Yeah. And you were like, "And we have users in seventy different countries," which means all different time zones, all different kinds of clients, all different needs. And then in the case where you built, you just added a couple. So SRE, Site Reliability Engineers. Yeah. People that are working, and in Matt's case, I Matt, I really thought that was a brilliant move for a lot of a lot of reasons. Because, you know, we've talked in the past. No one likes to start their day by eating a shit sandwich. Like no. if the user supports pile up overnight, first off, people aren't getting replied to in a timely manner. Also, it's possible with just a little change of focus. In some cases, those site reliability engineers had already tendered solutions that were ready to go live by the time that team arrived. And think about that from your scalability, your team building, and just your morale in general. Like everyone likes to feel like the cavalry is around the corner or that we're working as a fluid unit. Like, and you're trying to build things and go forward if it's just a negative vibe to start the day. Like I said, with a shit sandwich, man, if you eat a shit sandwich in the morning, Nothing else tastes great for the rest of the day, maybe even the <laughs> next day. I don't know. Let's try it well, out, Matt. Let's try it and, out. In our next episode, Matt will, Matt Watson will be eating a shit sandwich and reporting to all of us on how long it takes to get the taste out. But I, I think that's, that's some good points, right? That's fine. Yeah, Matt can do that. Wait, no, I mean, I had good points, not about the shit sandwich, but about the opposing <laughs> schedule. What, what well, did you find? Like, Talk about that for a second, though, Matt, because I thought that that was a very sophisticated and strategic move that played really well. Well, and we did two things. So we had SREs or DevOps kind of people, developers that would help um, support the system at night, which was helpful to the local development team in the U.S., right? Because if the system went down at three in the morning, there was somebody in the Philippines at full scale, actually, that um, was monitoring the system and, and could reset the servers or do whatever they needed to do. But we also had support people too. I mean, we we actually had a you know support people as well, not just engineers, but we had you know customer service support people as well. So we had both sides to handle you know server related problems, but also customer issues both. So, and it was really and, important. And you know, and here's the thing too: is don't tell yourself that you aren't ready for that, or it's not scalable, or you can't afford it. Because that's, I mean, look. 
when we add sponsors to the show, we want them to be things that we think are cool, that are useful or that we've used or we support. And I mean, that's what I like about Chatdesk. So let's take a moment to recognize the episode sponsor, Chatdesk, and many businesses re- receive a high volume of calls over the holidays. Chatdesk helps companies reduce the calls by over 10, 10% by deflecting calls to messaging and self-service. Their client list is, they got like Vera Bradley, BarkBox, Thanks, and a whole lot more. You can use it for free. Chatdesk.com forward slash shift. Matt, can you do that three times quickly? You did it before. Ready? Go. Chatdesk.com slash shift. Chatdesk.com slash shift. Chatdesk.com. You lost. Dude, you got work to do, man. Okay. I'm going to ask you some questions, Matt. And, And here we go. So in terms of user support, true or false, you should ask yourself, how will this increase my efficiency? Well, I can spend less time dealing with customer fires all day and pissed off customers because we provided support for them initially and they got their questions answered quickly. I will accept that as the right answer. And I'm upset that I wait, hang on. Dang it. I don't have a bell. This is the best we can do, Matt. (laughs) Okay. Note to self, get new sound effects for our new platform. By the way, hopefully you're enjoying our beautiful sound quality. Um, we are, we have changed to something so you can hear all of the, uh, the full rich tone of Matt and Matt's voices. Cause I know that's really what all you were worried about. Um, okay. Next question, Matt, in terms of user support, if you ask yourself, what comes to mind when you ask yourself, will this make your software team more productive? Absolutely, because it will fend off questions from them too, right? You know, at the end of the day, if, if a customer has an issue and the support team doesn't know the answer, it's got to get escalated to the, to the developers, to the engineering team for them to figure out how does this thing work, right? So even if you have good documentation, good, you know, well-trained customer support team, all that kind of stuff, it they become the filter, right? Where those issues don't get bubbled up to the engineering team. Um, so it helps, it helps them as well. I would like to add something as an answer here, and I'm going to say yes. So a gigabook, our QA testers are also our support. Um, a, they already know how everything works because they have to test it. And then also we just looked at numbers and we found that honestly, 80, 90% of the time is user error. Um, so we ended up, a support request would come in and then we ended up kicking it over to QA and then they would test it or maybe, or whatever. But in some cases you might not have that big of a team. So you end up with software developers acting as user support. And that is the way to reduce the effectiveness of your team. Matt, are you ready for the next question? C. I was going to try to read it in Spanish and then I realized I don't speak Spanish. So yeah, a little bit of a problem there. I may need to get some user support on that. In terms of user support, Matt, when you ask yourself the following question, what do you think? How does this impact quality? Well, I'll tell you a story about my dad the other day. So he he still works at Vin Solutions Auto Trader and they uh, built He's employee some, number one, right? Yeah. And so they built some kind of system that would take all the dealer's inventory and put it on the Facebook marketplace. And my dad has to help support that. And he was going through the documentation and did it himself and quickly realized that all the documentation was bullshit and none of it worked and it was a complete disaster. And the reason I bring that up is when you actually create 
documentation and force yourself to go through it, it forces you to find out if the documentation is correct and therefore improves the quality, right? Like when you stop and document how things work and test them because you have to test them while you're testing the documentation, it will help you find quality issues and help you improve the product. And my dad found out it was a flaming pile of crap. Yeah. And you know, here's another thing too is, is and I'm going to kind of pile on to that flaming pile of crap. If you, okay, first off, if you're going to make documentation, you have to update it. All right. Yeah. You, you do like you have to be committed to changing it or just don't even start doing it. And second off, if you give your support people crap documentation, they're going to give crap advice to the users, yeah. which me makes everything crap. I'm just really into crap and shit sandwiches today, but I mean, that's another thing, but so, I mean, that's, so is user support. I mean, people typically aren't pinging user support to be like, this typically does not happen to your user support team. Hey, I just really wanted to reach out because everything's working perfectly. I got in the platform. Great. Has made my life better. I love it. I'm going to tell a hundred friends about it and I'm going to pay for 10 straight years. Nope. You never that's hear about those usually people. not the thing. Um, okay. Matt, are you ready for the fourth part of my four part four part questions? I'm ready. In terms of user support, ask yourself, what are common challenges? Creating the content. That's what you just mentioned, right? It's if it's video content, it's getting people to make the training videos. If it's docs, it's it's hard to get people to update the docs, create the docs. If it's blogging, it's hard to get people to do the blogging. It's it's hard to get people to do all of it. That's the biggest struggle. I, I, have, I have a different one. I think it's responsiveness. I think the biggest challenge that really all companies have is responsiveness. Like, you know, either you get stuck in queue. All right. So things that people say right before they go crazy. I've been on hold for three hours. That's not responsive. You know, like uh, also like sitting there and, you know, there's the, you know, the we'll get back to you in 24 to 48 hours. Cool. That gives me time to go buy something else. Thank you for clarifying that window of, of how long I had to buy your competitor's shit. And then I'm going to fully support your answer on just quality data. Yeah. You know, like, is this current? You know what my favorite thing is that people say right before they go crazy? Tell me. Hold my beer. I'm out. I'm out of new episodes of Startup Hustle. Hold my beer. <laughs> Is that really what people say before they go crazy? Yeah. Yeah, they say hold my beer, and then they do something crazy. You know something else that isn't crazy, Matt? That I've been doing. I've been recording reaction videos after the podcast. I've only done a few of them so far, but I'm going to do one after this episode, and I'm going to talk about the episode itself and some of the things we learned, it's kind of like the video version of the founders freestyle. And you can find that on our startup on the startup hustle YouTube channel. Um, by the way, speaking of not doing things correctly, we had to hurry up and record this episode because we recorded next week's episode instead of this one. We were overachievers. We were ahead. <laughs> no, we weren't ahead. We had skipped to, to step C without completing B which is a good time for we me pivoted. to remind you that, or to, or to let you know that next week, next week's edition, part 38 will be about what are sales channels. And, uh, I love selling stuff. All right. So, you know, Matt, did you know that 61% of companies track their customer happiness? 
Yes. And I'm a big fan you of did? net promoter scores, by the way. Did you know that because you read the set list and you saw the same info I did, or did you actually just know that? No, I saw it. What's a net promoter score, Matt? It's those one to 10 scores that they ask. You're like, how do you rate this product? One to 10. You, you get those. And then uh, there's a little math formula behind it. And they use that to create what's called the net promoter score. Rankings and reviews. Now, yeah. that's important to mention because, you know, so 77% of customers are more likely to share a positive experience with a brand. Now, you know, for those of you who don't know me, I've worked in, I've managed a chain of retail stores. I've been a ticket broker. I've worked in the music industry. I've been a startup founder and software builder for a, for a long ass time at this point. And the rule of thumb across all those industries that you can count on is pretty much that you're hoping a happy customer will tell one person, but an unhappy one is likely to tell a hundred. Yeah. And there's just a lot of ways to prevent that. It goes back to that communication. Uh, just the ease of use, man. Like, like kind of what, what did you say recently? You're like, don't make me read your manual. Yeah. RTFM. Don't, don't make me read your manual. Yeah. Matt. Yes. RTFM. Oh, read the fucking manual. Got it. Okay. Well, well and to what you're, what you're saying, right. You got to assume for every one person who has a problem, there's really like 10 more, but they didn't take their time to contact support. They just left. They're just gone now. Or they still have the problem. They're still pissed off about it because people don't I, I, it, they don't we, speak up. So with that, for all of you listening, will you catch help me catch up on something we've been terrible at? Will you go down and click that fifth star or that subscribe button? We're like over seven hundred episodes in on this podcast, and now finally reminding ourselves to ask for your feedback and your reviews. Um, that's important stuff and something that we don't ask a lot. And that kind of goes into my next point of it should be easy to find your user support, like at what, however it is, whether it's chat desk or a library or videos or whatever, don't hide it. It needs to be easy because once again, you're just loading up the like tension, the ball of anger that unhappy people build up right before they pop when you're just frustrating to find things, you know, and, and in some cases, so one of the, another thing we did at Gigabook that I found to be really helpful was, so we have like, you know, there's like seven pages or environments that are key. And we just made a simple video that this is what you find on this page. We went fast and, and tore right through it. It didn't have like a 48 second intro. That's like, and do that. Yeah, here we are. Rah, rah, rah. It was like, like immediate when you started, this page does this, this is how you do it. This is why it's important. And if you need help, click here. And it contributed to the reduction of user support needed. So I have another request. Okay. If you're going to put it. live chat on your website, I actually have somebody there to answer it. Be there. Dude, that's what chat desk does. That's why I like it is you actually go in. It's like a self-service platform and you can, you can literally vet the people. It's not just random. It's not just a bot. You're like you can actually go in and you can, it's like gig economy. It's Uber I hate the bots support. too. So, I know. Live I know. chat is the best thing in the world when people actually answer it and those people know what they're doing. It's a godsend. I, dude, I feel. I filled one out the other day and it was like, it was like usual reply time one day. I was like, my, my favorite email. ever is I went into Sirius XM radio to cancel it. And I go to the live chat and I chat with them and tell them I want to cancel it. And the response is that I have to call. 
I'm like, dude, what the fuck I, are dude, you for? By the way, they are the what worst. Are you, what are you do? Why didn't you even I, chat with me? What was the point? I am surprised there hasn't been a class action on them because I tried to cancel mine once. I went through the same thing. I'm like, and actually in some states, it is illegal. California made it illegal for you to not have like a one-click cancel kind of thing for pretty much any subscription. So I, I kind of went off on the guy right. in the chat and he did cancel it for me. Okay, so Matt, once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by ChatDesk. They help you to reduce the number of phone calls coming into your business by over 10% by shifting calls over to Facebook Messenger and other channels. You can get started in a few minutes and the service is free for a limited time. Be sure to check it out at chatdesk.com forward slash shift. That's chatdesk.com. Link in the show notes. Matt, I'm going to give you one more chance to do it three times quickly. Ready? Go. Chatdesk.com slash shift. Chatdesk.com slash shift. No. You literally said chatdesk.com shit. Chatdesk. <laughs> you got a lot of work to do. We're going to, but reps, reps. Chatdesk. And look, okay, that's how, that's that. actually how I want to. So we've talked Chatdesk. so much about creating it, building a tech company. Look, you can simulate support reps. This is something you can practice. This is something, and if you get the same questions, you got to get better at answering them, control the narrative at your business and about your product. And you're going to find that people are like, so Matt, four years later, and we don't really need like quote support at full scale, but our sales prospects, they ask the exact same questions. You've heard me talk about this in meetings. I'm yeah. like, I'm actually shocked at this point when I get a new question, they are like, like six things. That's why and, I'm going to replace with you that, with a bot. I God, I can't wait. I can't wait. It, you know, so what would a bot sound like that was the DeCourcy bot? It would swear a lot. <laughs> it would not, uh, the Matt, the, the Matt DeCourcy bot for support would swear a lot and get angry and probably not be very effective. So let, maybe a lot of gummy bears. That. Yeah. So true. God, it's been a while. I'm so fat right now. I'm fat, Matt. I wasn't going to see Matt and I together. I'm the fatter of the mats. We're both pretty fat right now. Maybe we could do something about that. All right. So, you know, overall, like, I mean, Matt, what what are your, what are your closing arguments here? Uh, support's essential to what you do. Um, you got to provide a way for people to get support. And I know a lot of us, you know, we use Amazon and I don't, have you ever reached out to Amazon support before? I have. Yeah. And they were actually very yeah, responsive. I've actually, yeah. Yeah. And they did they did a fair a fair job and it funneled me to where I needed to be effectively. But the good news is you don't really need their support. You know? Yeah. That, and then that's the goal, right? Is you don't really need their support. Their their website enables you to do all the things you need to do and is intuitive and it's got links to help where it needs links to help and it's got the context is is in there in, in the app and all that stuff. Um, but the biggest thing is speed. Like you mentioned earlier and I, and I mentioned earlier as well about Stackify, it was a strategic advantage for us is our, how fast we responded to customers was a, was a big differentiator. Uh, speed, speed is essential. And I, I've been working on a, uh, support issue with Microsoft now for three weeks about a billing issue. And basically every email I got over the last three weeks was them telling me that, uh, some other person was now handling the case. And I literally like they, they, at one point, they told me that uh, they would get an answer to me in two to three days. And my response was, uh, it's been two freaking weeks. And you're just now telling me that I'm getting... I was like, are you kidding me? I literally told them that nobody there knows what they're doing. Um, so it's great. Not timely. But no, just ridiculous. Just getting a runaround. And 
my ex-mother-in-law used to work at AT AT&T and uh, they got in trouble if they were on phone calls for too long. So they would just transfer you to somebody else. God. Which is not a good, not a good practice, but yeah. So, support. AT and T doesn't and exist anymore, do they? Is that they're not a thing? Are they? Or, or are they? Yeah, they people still have landlines. My grandma I probably has they one. got. A, I thought Sprint or I don't know. I thought some maybe it is AT and T. I don't know. I know that I, what I do know is that uh, of all of all things that people probably associate shitty customer service with, it's probably airlines and your cell phone. All right, Matt. So for my freestyle, first off, I've got three true or false questions. And if you get any of these right or wrong, then you have to come back and record another episode with me for next week. So you've got that going for you. First, true or false, user support should be available and unobtrusive. True. That is correct. You get to come back and record another episode. Congratulations. Now we're going to multiply that. If you get this one right or wrong, Matt, you have to come back and do two more episodes. User support should be accurate and robust. True. Also correct, Matt. Now we're going to double. Would you like to double? Would you like to double down and go for four future episodes? Okay. Taken. And then would you like to place an additional bet boosting that up to eight? I've already got 14 more anyway, so let's just make it 14. Well, whether you're right or wrong, you're going to get to come back and do now 14 (laughs) episodes with me. User support should be consistent and flexible. True or false? True. Also correct, Matt. Congratulations. You are the big winner. You get to come back and record a bunch more podcasts with me. All right. Um, (laughs) We're feeling a little, we're trying to find fun and interesting ways to make user support fun and interesting. Uh, Look, my closing remarks are that you, don't mess this up. Um, you know, as a, as a tech platform founder, you, your presentation on your website and your ability to support and answer incoming requests is essentially in many ways on par with much bigger uh, gorillas that are in the room, meaning competitors that might've been around for a while. Uh, if you've ever seen that, one of those commercials where someone calls and the business owner and they're like, Hey, can he answers like, hello, Hey, can I talk to accounting? He's like, hang on, puts on, Hey, this is accounting. Uh, can I talk to customer support? Hang on customer support like that in a digital world, things like chat desk and, and, and just you like presenting yourself well and making it accessible, put you on a very equal footing with, other companies. And, you know, people don't know, they don't know, they look at the way you react and the way you handle it and whether or not you have your shit together um, and make, make assumptions that you might be a much bigger, more established company. So that's a really important part. Now, if you are like, Hey, we'll get back to you in like six weeks. They think the opposite. They're like, why is there no, I thought that when I filled out that thing the other day, I was like, why is nobody home? Like it's Tuesday. Yeah, You know, 24 hours to reply, like, is just no one, does anyone work there? I mean, wouldn't you feel the same way, Matt? That's why I said earlier about the live chat drives me crazy. I know. I tell people that a lot. I'm like, if you got to, you're going to put that on there, you got to be able to reply because nothing says we aren't that great more than your live chat urging me to ask it a question and then being like, sure. And like we'll respond six in one day. years, we will get back to you sometime in the distant future. Well, Matt, we're going to come back and and do this again. And I'm just excited. You won 14 more episodes. Yeah. Um, We got to finish the series. 
14 more to go, I oh, believe. We've got a lot more work to do after that, son. Yeah. See you next week. See ya. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. We do it.